Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I'm going to try and give you my best tonight, but I feel a little bit checked. And so hopefully, hopefully if, I, if this ends up being more teaching than preaching, hopefully none of us fall asleep. <laughs> I don't know how it is for you. I, I know it's, it's a struggle sometimes on Wednesday nights. I, I work a job where I get up at, at quarter to four in the morning, and sometimes it's a little bit of a struggle. Um, and so I, I shudder to say this, but I, I'm never going to get mad at you if you struggle and you doze off. <laughs> so it happened to Paul, you know. Now, I may not come over and raise you from the dead, <clears throat> <laughs> but I don't think anyone's going to fall from the balcony either, so hopefully not, Brother Matson. Um, I don't know, maybe, I almost want to ask the question, would you rather hear preaching or would you rather hear te- teaching, but I feel a little checked today, and so, God, let your will be done in all of this, Jesus, and, and I want to be sensitive to your spirit and move how you're going to move, touch how you're going to touch, speak how you're going to speak, Jesus. Give us an ear to hear tonight, God. Give us a heart to receive your word, these words of life, Jesus, your words, God. May we be in agreement with them, God, as it continues to uh, reach into our souls and continues to heal us and continues to deliver us, Jesus, through the sanctification process of your word and of your spirit. Lord, I speak this in your name. I'm in agreement with it. I believe it, Jesus, with everything within me. So, Lord, let your will be done. Nothing veering to the left or to the right, but as you've written it and as you've authored it tonight, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. All right, so Ephesians, if I, if I can find it here, chapter 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That, that also would read against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I, I'll, I'll let you be seated. This is a spiritual thing. Amen? Uh, if it's not, I'm in the wrong church. But it is a spiritual thing. And, and, and we've, we've got to remember that always. You know, it's interesting. I, I've, um, I may be a little bit all over the place, but I'm going to try and minister from my heart here and really what I'm feeling in the spirit. I, I've asked God a number of things over the years. Uh, I prayed certain things. As a matter of fact, um, going back... I'll make a reference to 2008 in a little bit in, in, in this lesson. Um, but going back to 2008, 2009, 2010-ish, uh, when, when God resurrected me from spiritual uh, death and le- lethargy, um, I started praying, God, I, I, I want to teach Bible studies. I want to teach Bible studies. Uh, God, I want to teach Bible studies. Give me a Bible study. It's been a long time since I had a Bible study. And, and so I, I kept praying this, and I, I prayed this consistently. And, and then I, I kind of added to it, I, you know what, God, I, I, not only do I want a Bible study, but I want, I want to teach 
a Bible study every single day of the week. Fill my week, fill my time teaching your word. And I kept praying it and I kept praying it. You know, when we invoke the principles of the word of God, when we invoke prayer in faith, when we, when we come into uh, uh, this, this agreement with God, something happens. Something always happens. And, and I never got to quite to the point of seven Bible studies a week, but I got to five. And I was going to church the other two days. And so every day I was either in church or teaching Bible study, ran as my witness. Um, I, I ended up tr- changing that prayer a little bit because um, they w- weren't all very fruitful in Bible studies. And so I changed a little bit and God, I don't need to just burn up my time. Give me hungry hearts. Give me people who are hungry for your word, who are hungering and thirsting after you. And so God's answered that prayer. And, and you know, when we pray specifically, God answers specifically. It, it, it's just, it's, at least it's my experience. And, and so I, I believe it. And huh, I believe it's a spiritual thing. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual thing. Turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll, we'll set this up. Galatians chapter 5 and 17, and I'm here quite often, and you know that, but for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that we cannot do the things that ye would. There's a constant battle between the natural man and the spiritual man, and it never goes away. It never goes away. It's always there. And so, yes, there's a spiritual battle, there's a spiritual warfare that we're involved in daily, but the battleground is that of the mind. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we also know Scripture tells us that God is a spirit, and, spirit, uh, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if God is a spirit, I believe we would be accurate to look at this verse this way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the spirit, which is God, the Holy Spirit, to the pulling down of strongholds. Where we're effective is in prayer. Where we're effective is operating in the spiritual man, touching the spiritual realm in agreement with God. I'm going to hammer on these agreements because it's powerful. It's in agreement with God's word. And that's what we're talking about. Casting down imaginations in verse 5 and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. It's a warfare, it's a battle that's going on, and, and, and I'm hitting on this, and these are some of the power, I, I look at these as some of the power scriptures, but we see a pattern forming, and, and, and we're in a war, and a war that's bigger than just us, but it, it started, it did start with us, it started with us uh, um, being saved, and, and it continues with us staying saved. And then it also continues, and it's bigger than us in that we've got to help save someone else. This is the pattern that we see in Scripture. This is what Jesus laid out when, he, when, he robed himself, when God robed himself in flesh, right? Came down and he ministered for three, three and a half years. It's the pattern he laid out. 
he started, what, grabbing some men, saving some men. And then he started pouring himself into these men so that these men then could go out and save someone else and pour into someone else. This is the pattern of Christ. This is our pattern. This is our pattern. Amen. So through God, or through God, Spirit, Holy Ghost, prayer. Uh, as a foundation, it, hopefully that makes some sense. And, and let's look where we're going to go here. I, I want to start with a sto- another story here. Um, it is going back to 2008 when, when I found myself very distracted. And I was always serving God. I, I, but I wasn't giving God anything near my best. I was giving him pretty much the rest. <laughs> so I'm going to do my thing, and then two days a week I'm going to serve you, God. Uh, it didn't really work out so well, and I feel real bad because sometimes I wonder if the whole economic crash was just God trying to get my attention because he sure pulled the carpet out from underneath me during 2009-ish. Uh, so I'm sorry if that is the case and we all had to go along for the ride. And not that I think I'm all that, but God was definitely getting my attention. And, uh, you know, one of the things that happened during that time is, is um, one of the pastors in my life, well, let me back up. For those of you who know my father, um, and it may be different if you don't see him all the time, but for those of us who see him quite often, it seems like he never ages. I'm pretty sure that I look older than he does now. <laughs> and when I was going to church with him, he really never aged. And, and, and then there was a point in time when, and, and just, it's the truth, uh, I hadn't seen one of my former pastors in, in quite a while, and and it was around that, you know, 2007, 2008 uh, time frame. And, and I, I, it had been a number of years since I'd seen him. And, and I saw him at an event, and he had aged quite a bit, quite a bit. And it, God used it to really shake me and stir me. Um, he really, really did. And, and it was in that moment that it just hit me. The generation before me is getting older. I never recognized it with my dad, because my dad doesn't age. <laughs> but I recognized it with my pastor, and, and so, um, or a former pastor, and, and it really hit me, and God really shook me, and Rob, I'm tired of waiting. You've got to step it up. This generation before you is not going to be around forever. They're starting to get old, and it's time for you to step up and answer the call that I have on your life. And so, with that, let's turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And I mentioned that I was going to speak about, about the, the smoke, and I, I was really hoping I was going to get to preach it, but like I said, God is just really taking us in a different direction, and so maybe I'll preach this another time. But it's still going to make it into this teaching. So Daniel chapter 3 and verse 27. And the princes and governors and captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. I'm going to stop there for a second and 
let's just look at what has already happened. King Nebuchadnezzar has made a statue of, of gold and what he did is he took his entire kingdom and, and uh, when the statue was done, he got all his musicians together and, and he got all of his kingdom together and, and everyone was there. Um, and, and when the musicians, everyone was instructed that when the musicians were to play, that everyone would bow down and worship the golden statue. And so this happens, except for there's three young men who, who do not bow down. Does anyone remember their names? Oh, you disappoint me. <laughs> Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael, right? Okay. And the reason why is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego rolls off the tongue. And, and, and when I was reading through the story again, it's amazing how many times Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, it rolls. You know, it was in the songs. You know, they knew him in a fiery furnace. It was their Babylonian names. And each one of those names, you look what, up what they mean, and it was given glory to one of the Babylonian gods. And, and so what happened was the king, I don't have time to preach this, but the king and the Babylonians were trying to, to uh, uh, relabel them. Relabel them. Give, and, and if you look at Ananias, Azariah, and Mishael, and even Daniel, which was his, his name, his Hebrew name, they all have names that are powerful and give glory to God and speak of God's providence and God's plan for their lives. And, and so the devil will do that. Our adversary will do that. He will always try to relabel us and get us to believe something that's not true. But that's another sermon. <laughs> so these three men, these three men, they do not bow down when the musicians play. And, and so it's told to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, that these, uh, these three men, who he knows well because he, they have favor with the king. And so he gives them a, another chance. And he tells them, and we're going to read this. Let's go to verse 15. Now if, now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound, this is, he's given them another chance. You hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the, the sackbut, the psaltery, the, the climber, and all kinds of uh, music. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast that same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And, and uh, I uh, got it underlined. And who is that God? that shall deliver you out of my hands. You realize Nebuchadnezzar is actually challenging. He's challenging Hananiah, Azariah, Michelle, and he's challenging God. Lord, bring me back to it. Help me to remember. If we can slow down, if we can be instant in season and out of season, if we can learn to recognize some things, if we can learn some spiritual tells, it will do us well. It will do us well. Lord, bring me back to it. Help me, Jesus. And so we see a tell right here. There's a challenge to God. So, verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Let me clarify. Nebuchadnezzar, understand us very clearly here. <laughs> we're going to make sure there's no way you can misinterpret what we're going to say. 
If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Now what they're saying is, if God so chooses, he is able to deliver us. God is always able. God sees a big picture than we could ever see, a bigger picture than we could ever see. He's sovereign in all his ways. But he's more than capable. And he's always faithful. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, let me clarify, if God chooses not to, even if God says no, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And the response is, the king is furious. The king demands that they, 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 they stoke that fire to seven times the normal temperature of the fire. And then in his anger, he takes his strongest men to, as a display of his strength. And he has his strongest men throw Hananiah, Azariah, and Michelle into the fire. The fire is so hot that it kills the king's mighty men. This is where I pause again to say, we don't ever make a deal with the devil. Never. He never holds his end of the bargain. It's just like Goliath. Oh, go ahead. And, and the taunting of the adversary. If I defeat you, you serve us. If you defeat me, we serve you. What happened when David defeated Goliath? <laughs> the adversary, the enemy, they ran. They, they, the devil's never good. Don't make a deal with the devil. He's a liar and a father of, the, of lies. There is no truth in him. And, and so we see, we see nothing but smoke and mirrors and facades and pretenses. That's all we ever see from the devil. It's all he's got. He's a schemer. It's true. The devil's willing to sacrifice his own <laughs> The king's almighty men, they die. And it's in the midst of this that the king looks and he sees not just one or not just two, not just three, but four men. And he even asks all the princes and all the dignitaries, didn't we throw three men in? And their answer is yes. Well, now I see four and the fourth is like the son of God. And it brings us back to this verse 27. When the king commands that they come out, and they saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Huh. So here you have it. They've been through the fire, but they don't even smell like it. This is where I mentioned on Sunday morning. Go ahead and take a look at your neighbor. Look to the left. Look to the right. Go ahead and, and, and look behind you. Take a good look around you. There are a great many of us who've walked through the fire. And it may look, it may not look like we have, and you may not smell the smoke, but it doesn't mean 
that we haven't experienced the furnace. It's true. I, I, I would even say right here, think of yourself for a minute. Remind yourself for a minute. Encourage yourself in the Lord for a minute. My guess is if you've been serving God for any amount of time at all, you've walked through some fires. And my guess is, looking at all of us right here right now, I don't see any singed hair. I don't smell any smoke. I don't see any burned clothes. You're looking just fine. God has brought you through because it's what God does. God is always faithful. It's true. So you may not smell the smoke. Okay. So, if you can't smell the smoke, and you can't see the singed hair, and you can't see the clothes burned off, and they, everything looks really good, wearing a sport coat. I don't look like I just walked through a fire, or that I walked through a fire. I, I'm looking pretty good, other than a little bit of hair missing, but it wasn't from the fire. <laughs> How would anyone have ever known Now, in this story that we're reading, they witnessed it and they saw it, right? The king saw it. The people saw it. The people that were with the king saw it. But you would never be able to tell by looking at them, right? Can I just tell you, there's no power in what you've gone through if you don't use your voice to encourage someone else. You've walked through some things. And regardless of what you may or may not be walking through right now, there is more power in this room because we are a spiritual people and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're of God. This is a spiritual thing. You have power in your testimony. How did they overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Use your testimony. Speak a word of encouragement. You have something good to tell someone else. You have a word of encouragement to tell someone else. And you know what? You've got to. We have got to. Okay. No smoke. No sign of fiery furnace. How would you know? Someone told the story. So, let me get real with you for a second. One of the things I prayed for, and this is why I mentioned the prayer part in the Bible studies. I, has anyone here ever prayed, God, make me more sensitive? Make me more sensitive. You know, make me more sensitive to your spirit. Why are we so surprised when we start feeling things that make us uncomfortable? Let me get real, real with you. Why am I so surprised then? Or why am I struggling? Why is it, why is it God, that I'm just not feeling this prayer season? And, I, and, and, and at first, because... God, I got to have changed my prayer a little bit. Help me to be instant in season and out of season. Because you're making me more sensitive. We will do well to recognize it's not always about me. 
is not always about you. There may be times that you feel depression and it's not even yours. But we'll take it and we'll own it. I'm telling you a spiritual truth right now because I'm not feeling it. Sister Moran, I'm just not feeling it. And then what do I do? Not much. We don't have, the, we don't have that luxury. Brother Meyer, we don't have that luxury. Sure, stir yourself. Shake yourself. And then you start to hear huh, rumblings. Oh, what did they just say? The young person's not feeling it. Oh, this old person's, this older person's, this pillar in the church struggling in this prayer season. And then it hits me. Why am I so slow in learning? If you're sensitive and you're feeling something, it may not be about you. It may be about the body as a whole. It may be that we're all part of the same body and we're just feeling something of somewhere else in the body. I hope I don't get too far out there. And trust me, I could go a lot farther. <laughs> this is real. It's a spiritual thing. And we will do well to identify it. Watch this. Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Judges. Book of Judges, chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 and verse 8. This is at the end of Joshua's life. So Moses has led the people in the wilderness. Joshua has led the people into the promised land. Joshua followed Moses. Moses mentored Joshua. At the end of Joshua's life in verse 8, And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance, in Timnatherez, in the mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. I nailed that one. <laughs> I'm going to take that. Because I don't always nail it. <laughs> And all, the con all that generation, and all that generation were gathered onto their fathers. All right, so Joshua and all those of his generation are gathered onto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Help me pull this together, Jesus. We do not have the luxury of learning, growing in God, and, and learning spiritual principles. We don't have the luxury of not passing that on to the next generation. I, I don't know if I said that well. Probably not. We have a responsibility to maintain this heritage. And the heritage right here we see, it did not transfer from one generation to the next. And we can go ahead and we can ponder, we can wonder. I guess we could look at Joshua, and what I will say about Joshua and Moses is, as soon as there was Joshua, the first time Joshua comes on the scene, you realize the elder and the younger come together, and it's the very first time that there's a battle and a victory for the children of Israel. 
Because something happens when the younger and the elder come together. And, and, and oh God, help us. Something in the spiritual realm, something powerful. Battles are won. Victories are attained when the two come together. We do not have the luxury of, of, of neglecting to pass this heritage on. Yeah, I don't know. You would have to ask my Tuesday night Bible study. I go out of my way to talk about spiritual things. I go out of our way to talk about, we go out of our way to talk about the spiritual tells of someone who, of, of how we've learned to recognize when someone's oppressed. You, you, you can see the tells in their body and, and, and habits that they portray. You, you know, this is real. You can learn to identify these things. We talk of these things. We, we talk about uh, identifying and seeing the taunting spirits that will taunt you when you're, when you're out in your territory that God's called you to and you're out doing prayer walks. Ah. And you catch things, you see things out of the corner of your eye and you take a double take and sure enough, it's real. You, these things do happen. We, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, you know, principalities move municipalities. But it manifests in, in, in the natural. I, I believe we got a responsibility to take someone and show them what we've learned. We see here with Israel, somehow... One generation that experienced God's deliverance, experienced God's provision, experienced miraculous moves of God, somehow the very next generation was completely unaware of it. They didn't know. They knew not God, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And so... If there's a little bit of a struggle going on, and this is just my spiritual opinion, that's all right. Hmm. It's okay. I don't think we need to freak out about it. I think we can identify it. I think we could talk about it. I think we would do well to communicate about it. And it may just be that there needs to be a coming together of the younger and the elder. And there may just be... There just might be a need for those who've gone ahead and walked through some trials and tribulations and, and don't look like they have smoke or smell like they have smoke. They're not singed, but they've gone through it. There may just be something that, that these younger generation, that those coming up behind you, that we need to hear from you. We need to hear your opinions and what you've learned and your thoughts and your spiritual insights. So... so Humor me again. Look to the left and look to the right. Go ahead and look behind you. Some of you have not walked through those fires yet, but you're going to. And you're going to be all right. God is going, oh, you're staring it down. That, 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 that furnace is hotter than it's ever been. You don't even need to see the flames. It, the, 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 the metal is red hot. 
It's like the, the fire we built at, at men's retreat. The ring was so hot that the grass leaning up against it on the outside would start on fire. You're going to be all right. God is for you. God is with you. And God is going to bring you through it. And when he does, you've got to go through it. You've got to go through it. Because we have a heritage that we must carry on for the next generation. There's all kinds of uh, singed, smoked people in this room, but you just can't tell. They're there. I would encourage you. Oh, hear me. You have no idea. Those of you who've walked through the fire, you have no idea how badly those of us who have not want to hear your experiences. You've got to hear me. I'm not just saying this to, to, to fill some time or, or to sound good. This is the truth. I wish to God I didn't have to learn so much on my own. And I know you've got some depth. I want you. And those of you who haven't walked in it, as you look around, realize Everything you need is right here. Every answer you could possibly have. There's those in this room who've been through it, who can guide you, who can, who can show you and teach you and can help you get there that much quicker. Let's go to the next one. Second uh, Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 9. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible, God is about to take him away. Not certain how long he's been mentoring Elisha. It doesn't seem like it's been a terribly long time, but I'm not certain exactly how long. But Elisha's there, Elijah's there, and Elisha asks of his teacher in response to the question, I, I would like a double portion of thy spirit upon me. Verse 10, and he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. I have a question for you. Why is it such a hard thing? Why was it a hard thing? We're building upon something someone else started. It ought to be easier. <laughs> My father has told me and shown me a great many things. I ought to be further along than him. My father was brought out of the world, what, around 30 years old, a little younger? I grew up in this. I, he started from scratch. This is all I've ever known. 
It ought to be easy. And so I asked the question, why is it a hard thing? And the only answer I can come up with, it's because Elijah was not able to teach and show and tell Elisha everything he could have and should have. It may have been a lack of time. It may very well have been that he did not have, a, have enough time to, to teach him and show him. But when you look at the two men, they are so different. E Elijah was a man that was hiding all the time and in constant battle with, with the king and with the queen and, and, and constantly saying things, well, if I be a man of God, then let fire come down. When you read that, realize He's literally asking. He's not even certain. He's been running his whole life from everything and everyone. Elisha, on the other hand, never ran from anything. Right? E Elijah, Elijah, until Elisha, you don't even see him having an apprentice for a short period of time, perhaps. What's the very first thing you read with Elisha? He crosses the Jordan immediately and he waits for the sons of the prophets. The first thing he does is he grabs as many people as he can to start a school of the prophets. So I think it was hard because it was something only God could accomplish at that point. But that's not the case here. We've got the time. And so when the question is there, Oh, it's a struggle. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of coming together. Maybe there needs to be some questions asked by those of us who are younger. Maybe there needs to be uh, some, some moving, moving on those who've walked through the fire already and said, well, wait a second. I, I can identify this. I know I've been there. Let me show you a thing. Is this all right? I'm just giving what God's laid on my heart. I, I really wanted to just really let her rip about the whole smoke thing. And God just said, no. <laughs> I really believe there's something here. We have something powerful to give. And, and I'm telling you, everything that God ever did, he did with his voice and an open mouth. There's, there's life and death is in the tongue. And we've got to start speaking into each other's lives. We've got to start trusting one another. Do it again. Look to your left and look to your right. All you see is people who have been through the fire or people who are going to go through the fire. And we're all going to be all right. Amen. Hmm. Why was it hard? Does it have to be hard? I don't think so. It does work. As I mentioned, look at, look at the difference between the two men. Elijah hiding out. Elisha, huh, he looks out and sees a whole army surrounding him. What is he? He just speaks a word. God blind them. Take, matter of fact, God, take the, take the blindness off my servant and put it on the whole army. And then what does he do? He doesn't run from the king. He takes the whole army and delivers them into the hand of the king. You, you couldn't get more opposite. I think this is how it's supposed to look. And don't think it's only a spiritual thing. Oh, it's a mantle that's handed. Listen, he didn't have the Holy Ghost. 
We do. Oh. Oh, my. You smell that? <laughs> smells like smoke. Not really. All right. Mentorship, true mentorship, spiritual mentorship. Back, uh, wins, wars. I mentioned Joshua and Moses. Jesus and Peter. If you look in John chapter 21 and 18, Jesus gives Peter finals and instructions. And I know it's not about a furnace, but Jesus actually tells Peter, Peter, you're going to go through, you're gonna go through uh, some, some fire for me. You're, you're going to give your life. Peter turns and asks about John. What about him? Jesus didn't tell Peter. He just said, hey, listen, if I, if, I, if I come back and he's alive when I come back, it doesn't matter to you. That's a conversation between me and him. You're going to have to walk through some fires, and you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Hmm. Think of Timothy. We'll turn there one more time. Last scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1. In verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. It's it's the teacher, the elder, speaking into the life of the younger and thank God, it wasn't just uh, Timothy, it was Titus too. This is the pattern we see in Scripture. Jesus did it. The disciples did it. We need to do it. We need to do it. Amen. <laughs> You're going to be all right. We've got to go through this. There's a heritage that must continue. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at AbundantLifeChurch.org.